If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. Love makes a family. DNA is not what makes a family, but when you're honest and confident and transparent about your your family and where we all came from, kids can live happy, successful, you know, thriving lives. And you can do your best to support them throughout their life and and provide them what they need. Do they need more information? Do they need more support? You know, how, do they need help processing this information? Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA, and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. Welcome to the season three finale of DNA Surprises. In this week's episode, Kiara shares her journey as she connected with her fellow donor-conceived siblings and eventually her donor. Kiara discusses the importance of her chosen family, which is also the name of her brand new book, and how her mother's openness about using assisted reproduction informs her views of donor conception and family structures. She also reveals a DNA surprise that she didn't see coming. Thank you for sharing your story, Kiara. My name is Kiara Shu. I am 25 and I am from Chicago. First off, thank you for having me, Alexis. Um, it's a joy to be here and share a little bit about my story. My story pretty much goes back to the beginning. I am a donor-conceived person, um, a DCP for short. My mom is a single mom by choice. So she, in her late 30s, early 40s, decided that she wanted kids. And she pursued having kids through the use of a donor. So she used a went to a fertility doctor and used a donor to conceive my brother. And then um, two years later, when she was almost 42, 
who went back and used a different donor to conceive me. And so I grew up always knowing that I was donor conceived. I grew up knowing that um, I didn't have a father in the home. Um, and my mom used the term donor pretty early on. So I always knew kind of that, you know, my biological father was the donor that helped my mom conceive her kids. And knowing from a really early age really helped me understand and be comfortable with our familial situation. And that's definitely something that I've always been grateful for, just her instilling the confidence in me and my brother of our family. So that mm-hmm. was definitely something that I've always known. Um, and I know sometimes when you talk about DNA surprises, sometimes it's a surprise about a parent. And and my surprises come mostly from the sibling aspect. So when I was um, 21, so I was a senior in college, I decided to pursue finding any donor siblings out there. And I had always wondered if I had donor siblings. And I also wondered what my donor looked like. I never really needed to find him to have a relationship, not necessarily what I was looking for. Mostly wanted, I was curious, you know, I was curious about my DNA roots. So I did 23andMe and started with one sibling. I found one sibling right off the bat, which was probably the most exciting day of my journey, especially because again, I knew that I might have siblings out there. I was still surprised because I didn't know what I was going to find, but that was like a very exciting and positive experience. And then the next sibling I found, she actually didn't know that she was donor conceived. So she did 23andMe, um, grew up with a mom and a dad and found out that she was donor conceived through 23andMe and also slightly through me. So she obviously saw on her profile that she had siblings and asked me, you know, kind of how are we related? And the conversation got going. And then she realized that she was also donor conceived. So that was surprise number one to me, just kind of walking through that revelation with her and like feeling those emotions. The first sibling that you made contact with, they knew that they were donor conceived. And so it was just this cool connection. Is that right? Yeah. And then the second one, she learns that she's donor conceived after taking 23andMe, matching with siblings Mm -hmm. and matching with you. What was that conversation like? I honestly think I might've gone into this a little bit ignorant, mostly because I figured, you know, since I, and I didn't know a lot of donor conceived people growing up. I knew a few, but but they had all known, you know, we were connected because we were all donor conceived. So I honestly didn't think that I would find a sibling that didn't know. And now I look back and I'm like, whoa, you probably should have maybe been a little bit more careful in the words that you're using or the information that you were kind of throwing on your sibling. But when I connected with her on 23andMe, I just sent her a message saying, hey, I'm your sister. Um, or like, looks like we're related. Nice to meet you. And she was like, you know, I didn't really come on here looking for siblings. Um, do you know how we're related? And and I kind of went back to her and said, well, I'm donor conceived. I'm not sure about you. And, you know, she went back and talked to her parents and then they let her know that she's also donor conceived. Wow. How did she take that? Yeah, that was, I think, a hard time. And I remember... you. For me, obviously, the one not being like given crazy new information about my family, I was crying um, just in fear for her having to go through this and 
you know, she messaged back and she's like, I'm super excited to get to know you, but I definitely need some time um, to process. And, you know, after a couple months, she reached back out and, and asked if I'd like to meet her. So she came up to Chicago and then I went to Nashville to visit her and got to meet her mom as well. So I think in the beginning, you know, I'm, I, I can't imagine, obviously, the information and trying to process that and navigating family and feelings and like the secrecy that was had for so long along now, obviously, the truth being out there. But um, I will say now, you know, she, she does talk about it very openly and she does celebrate that, you know, even though her her family that she grew up with is not biologically related to her, they did, you know, choose to be her family and maintain that relationship. So I know she's gotten a lot of support from her sisters um, and her parents and in processing all of this. So for you, it's always been a part of your life. You always knew. Did you have any stigma growing up about being donor conceived and being raised by a single mom? Honestly, no, I think. And the reason why is my mom was very, very, straightforward in explaining our family dynamic and our structure and very, very confident when she explained it. So, you know, whenever we'd meet a new person and they would comment, oh, you know, your daughter looks so cute. Did she get her blonde hair from her dad or something like that? And, you know, my mom, Mm -hmm. and we didn't explain it every time, but my mom would just be like, oh, actually she's donor conceived and she would, and I'm a single mom by choice. You know, we're a family of three. So watching her just be very vulnerable and transparent and just like share her story confidently, it very much gave me the reality that our family was normal. So I, I really like to celebrate, you know, the differences and, and I firmly believe that no family, you know, family comes in all shapes and sizes and, and no one is better than the other. So as long as, you know, we're open and transparent and honest about where we all came from, like family is beautiful, no matter what it looks like. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear this perspective from someone that knew their whole life and maybe how different that is for, for example, your sister who learned much later in life that she was donor conceived and how those emotional experiences can differ from that lack of transparency. Yeah, so to this day, I found, we know that there's around 23 of us already at this point, there could be more out there. Um, and about eight of us are connected and have met in person. So we try to get together as a sibling group, the eight of us that want to be connected on a yearly basis. We've had two meetups so far. And during those times, it is really great and interesting to hear each sibling kind of share about when they found out, how they found out, how they feel about being donor conceived. Some knew their whole lives. Some obviously found out later in life. And everyone's parent structure looks different too in siblings. Some of my siblings have siblings born through a different donor. Some of them have siblings who are adopted, who their parents had biologically from their mom and dad. And they all kind of found out in a different way. So it is really interesting to hear kind of how we all feel about it. And and realistically, we're all just so grateful that we did find each other. We find great comfort just knowing that um, we have this shared experience. So you mentioned you found, was it 23 or there's 23 of you? There are at least 23 of us. So we, I, we've found basically through Ancestry, 23andMe, Donor Sibling Registry, 
and the registry from our sperm bank that we found 23 of us total. What do you think of that? Because I know that oftentimes fertility clinics say that there's a a limited number of people that can be created from donor gametes. 23 seems like quite a a few. Um, And there could be more, like you said, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm very much someone who loves to celebrate family and celebrate this biological connection and and really talk about chosen family, you know, the family that you grew up with, regardless of biological relation that, you know, chooses you and you choose. And then same thing, even my siblings, you know, we're biologically related, but we're choosing to have this relationship with each other. But mm-hmm. I definitely do think too, that there is a lot of room for improvement in regulation around, you know, donor gametes and the fertility industry. Something that I definitely also was unaware of prior to this whole journey as well. I am grateful for the strides that have been made in the last 20 plus years, but I know that there's a lot more work to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've definitely learned a ton, you know, just through connecting with people such as yourself and kind of being in this DNA surprise community where I will admit I was pretty ignorant. Like I didn't realize that there weren't really limitations, you know, that were mm-hmm. truly enforced and and things like that. You've connected with eight of your siblings. How How is that going? You said two meetups so far. Have you learned anything about them that's made you feel connected or like, oh yeah, we're definitely related? <laughs> it's funny too, because the first time I met my first sibling, it was just an incredible experience that I had never obviously had before. And one of those, when you're going into the meetup, I had gone to the restaurant that we were meeting at first in in New York. And I was kind of thinking, okay, do I sit at the table? Do I sit at the booth? Do I take my jacket off? Do I leave my jacket on? Do I Mm -hmm. stand up when they get here? Do I stay seated? Do I hug them? Do I not hug them? And it was just one of those when you're going in your mind of like, how do I approach this? Because not a story and not an experience that is really talked about that much in society or that everyone has, you know, meeting a sibling 20 years into your existence. And immediately once I saw my sibling, it was just like a flood of emotions, all happy ones. And we hugged and just shared mac and cheese and had Moscow mules and just really talked about our lives. Um, And I could see myself in them as I do a lot of my siblings. Some of us look, one of my sisters in particularly, um, we look identical, which is crazy because, you know, we only share half of the same DNA, but I, when I see her, I very much see myself. So it has been interesting. There's definitely siblings who I look more alike, some that I look less alike, and also some that our personalities are spot on, very similar, which I wouldn't have thought of again, because you think of personality, maybe something that you were raised to have more of that nurture versus nature. Um, But it's just been such a joy to find commonalities and, and things that we have in similar. Have you learned um, anything about your genetic parent, your father? Yes. So I will also say on this journey, so I did go into it curious about my donor. And again, I, I went into it not necessarily looking for a father, more looking for some answers. I was curious and wanted to see if he was out there and if his information was out there. So 
after I found my first two siblings, that was back in 2019, I kind of didn't find any other siblings for a little bit. And then back in 2021, I found one brother on 23andMe who had connected with 11, 12 other siblings through, you know, ancestry, DNA, sibling registry, the fertility bank, sperm bank registry site. So he had kind of, you know, connected with all the other siblings. So that was another surprise where I was letting him in. I thought I was letting him into the family of, oh, you know, we have this sibling and we have this sibling. They're great. I've met them both. And he was like, oh, we actually have like 15 other siblings. Do you want to join our Facebook group? And I was like, what? (laughs) Sure. And I also, and I, we were just messaging back on 23andMe. And I remember the day I was getting cake because I was, it was a Friday and I was working from home and I was like, I deserve some cake today. Absolutely. It's been a long week (laughs) as one does on a Friday afternoon. And I was driving and that's when I had seen the message. So I'm like screaming in my car and I'm sure people walking by thought I was a nut job. And I messaged back saying, oh, do you have any information on our donor? And he responds back saying, oh, you don't know who he is? Yeah, you can add him on Facebook and told me his name. Wow. Um, and immediately I'm like on Facebook, like so- like searching for him, trying to search as fast as I could to see his picture. And literally there it was, like the information that I was looking for. Oh my gosh. So have you spoken to him? I did. So I took a little bit of time kind of to think about what I wanted out of either a relationship with him or just a conversation. I knew that he had met some of my half siblings before. So I knew that he was very open to chatting um, and and again, had met some of them. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, I knew I had kind of put myself in the mentality like this man could want nothing to do with me and I'm going to have to deal with that. But, you know, he was actually the complete opposite, which was very refreshing. And I was something I was thankful for. Um, So I reached out and basically almost a year ago around Thanksgiving. And I just said, you know, hope you're enjoying the holidays. Um, I hope you don't mind, but some of my siblings have given me your information and I would love to, you know, learn a little bit more about you if that's okay. And if, if that's, if you would like to just remain at an arm's like distance, that's fine as well. Just let me know. And we ended up chatting and really just getting to know each other a little bit and having a phone call as well. And then this past May, um, my mom and I were actually in the town that he lives in. And so we ended up getting dinner with him and his daughter that he has with his wife, which was such an incredible opportunity to share that with my mom and also him and his daughter. So this is your genetic sister, yeah. another sibling. Mm-hmm. What, what did she think of this? So first off, she is probably the most mature and self-aware 18-year-old that I've ever met. Um, <laughs> so I'm 25. She's 18. I'm the youngest of the donor conceived um, siblings that we found. So I've always wanted a younger sibling. So this is exciting for me. And, and again, I had never, because she's a little bit younger, my donor had said that he just told her in the last few years. So pretty new information for her. And the way that she explained it was, you know, at first she was like, my dad did this. No, couldn't be, that could not be real life. And then she kind of moved into this space of indifference of, okay, like I know there's siblings out there, but they don't have really, you know, much to do with me. 
And then she kind of moved into this state of curiosity. She said that she was curious and wanted to know more. She saw some of us on Facebook and wanted to get to know us. So when her dad said that she, that he was going to meet me and my mom, she asked if she could join. And now, and then towards the end of dinner, she was like, you know, normal is boring. I'm very happy that I got to meet you. Um, and she said that she would love to meet more of the siblings and, and grow our relationship. So it was also an interesting dynamic too, because with our donor siblings, you know, we all look at our biological father, quote unquote, as our donor versus obviously this is mm-hmm. her dad. So we, I didn't want to necessarily cross any boundaries, but I also wanted her to feel welcome because obviously she's learning. She had a surprise too, that she has all of these siblings welcoming me into this dinner with her and her dad um, was just such a nice gift to be able to share that with them. That's incredible. And how cool that you experienced that with your mom too. Yeah. What does she think of you finding all of these siblings? My mom um, is honestly the best. She has been so, so, so supportive. And the best thing that she, I feel like, has gotten out of it, she's actually connected with some of my siblings' moms. Some of my siblings also have single moms by choice. Um, Some of my siblings have two moms or a mom and a dad. And uh, especially two moms in particular, she's been able to meet them and grow her relationship with them. And she finds a lot of similarities to them as well. You know, they were a little bit later in their thirties, maybe forties and wanted kids and went through the process of using a donor. So they have a lot to talk about. And my mom's very interested, you know, in meeting my siblings and has met a few of them. So she's really been a huge rock for me to lean on during all of this time. That's incredible. You mentioned that you are the youngest. How old is your oldest sibling? The oldest will be 29 soon. So yeah, we there's about a four-year age spread, which my donor donated in college and grad school. So it kind of matches up to the four years that all of us are apart, which is kind of a lot more fun too, because all of us that are connecting, you know, we're all around the same age. Did your donor ever explain why he decided to donate? He did. And that's one question that I was a little bit hesitant asking. But, you know, he was very open and said, you know, ask away whatever you want to know. And his response to that was basically like, you know, I was a broke college student in grad school and it was advertised in the school paper. And I thought, oh, okay, like this is something that I could do. But he also, what really struck me was he did say, you know, I thought I could help create a family. And Mm -hmm. that was something that, you know, more of the altruistic reason why he did it. You know, he obviously was paid as a donor, but he did say, you know, I thought it would be cool to help a family that was trying to have a child. Today... Do you still think of him as your donor? Do you still refer to him as that? Or has your relationship changed in any way? So when I'm talking about him, I do typically exclusively use the word donor. It's pretty much the language I've used my whole life. I'm comfortable saying biological father. I don't use it that often. If I'm talking to him, I usually just say his name. Or if I'm talking to my siblings, I usually just say his name or people in my family that know who he is. 
Um, but if I'm talking to someone else, just so they kind of understand, you know, my fam- family dynamic that I have a mom and that I have a donor. And I, I think it also, the language between me and my siblings differs as well. What I always like to say is, you know, similar to using pronouns and, you know, whatever language that we are most comfortable, we should respect that. And I'm always one to ask my siblings, you know, what do you want to be called? Like, I call you my sister. Is that okay? Would you like to be referred to as something else? Or same thing with our donor. So yeah, that that was kind of my next question is for your siblings. How do you view your relationship with them? Do you feel like they are your sisters and brothers? Or how would you describe, I guess, the nature of your relationship as it might compare to the sibling that you were raised with? Mm-hmm. I do consider them my siblings, brothers and sisters. Um, now, obviously, I, I've only connected with about eight of them. So I typically, you know, when I'm talking about them as the group at large, you know, all 23, I usually refer to them as my half siblings. But especially when I'm referring to, you know, one of my sisters that I've gotten really close with or referring to the group that we get together, I usually just say, hey, my siblings are coming into town or my sister so-and-so is coming into town. And I think it's been amazing to see how fast and how quick our group and how our bond has grown. And I think there's something special to be said about, you know, when you're siblings and when you have a biological relation to someone, when you first meet them, you know, they're not a, they're a stranger, but you have this connection. So if I'm meeting a stranger for the first time, I'm probably not going to tell them my life story, all of my inner feelings and every little secret about my life versus with my siblings. It was kind of like that. It was like we were sitting down at dinner and the first thing that pops out of our mouths were our whole life stories. And I think just that vulnerability, that transparency and, and respect has brought a lot of, all of us, or at least a good chunk of us, closer together. For those that you haven't connected with, have they expressed any reason as to why maybe they don't want to be in that group of the eight that you have? Most of them. So we have a group chat. There's probably... 12 or so of us in the group chat, maybe 13 or 14 of us. Some of them participate in the group chat, you know, we'll say like happy birthday to whoever's birthday it is, or sometimes the conversation will be sparked. And um, so I, some of them that are in it, but haven't really taken the steps to meet anyone. I think they're maybe just a little bit indifferent. You know, they're like, I have my family. I like, you know, it's nice knowing all of you, but I'm okay. I don't need to have that relationship. My brother actually who I grew up with, we later found out, this is another DNA surprise. We later found out in our early twenties that we were born through the same sperm donor. So we are actually full siblings. Well, okay. Let's back up. Let's back up. So, so I was going to ask, did your brother have any desire to find his siblings and his donor after your experience? So Okay, what happened? I know this is, I was trying to weave it in, but <laughs> first part of the question, my brother, he didn't really need to find out. He was never, you know, afraid of finding siblings or his donor, but he was never really interested. He was kind of in the group of indifference. You know, he had, he has me, he has my mom, he has his close friends, and he's fine with that. I've always wanted a big family and he's, you know, kind of 
not wanted that. So he's very much fine with the family that he has. So he wasn't going to do 23andMe. I actually bought it for him for Christmas two years ago. And I was like, why don't you just do it? You don't need to like take the steps to figure it out or to find anyone or meet anyone, but wouldn't you want to know? So I think he reluctantly did it because of me. And when his results came back, we were at a bottomless brunch with some of our friends over the holidays. And he was just like staring at me and confused. And he was like, Kiara, Kiara, why are you showing up here? And why are your half siblings showing up on here? And it took a second to click, but we realized that we were full siblings meaning that he now shares these siblings with me as well. The ones that I had been telling, oh no, my brother is not related to you. So then I had to go back and be like, actually, just kidding. He is related to you. Um, And then I called my mom and explained it to her. And what we think happened was, again, hopefully in, in the past 20 years, you know, the fertility industry has come a long way. But back then... I feel like there were not a lot of regulations in place. So what we think happened is my mom had my brother and saved some sperm for me. And the doctors had told her because of her age, she should use a fresh sample to get pregnant. So she picked a new donor and, and got pregnant. And so never really assumed anything different. And we think that they either used the original donor that my mom had saved or maybe mixed the two. I know that was a common practice to mix sperm mm-hmm. to see, you know, which one works. And they, you know, my mom, they never told my mom. So this was a surprise for her too. And even though it was, you know, a quote unquote, a good surprise of, of finding this out, you know, I'm glad that we found out that we were full siblings instead of the opposite, but it was still a shock. We're like, how could we not know this for 20 something years? Yeah. How did that change your perception of of your relationship with him? It didn't change our relationship too much, mostly because my mom growing up never really let us. We knew that we were biologically half siblings because we had different donors, but she never let us feel any different. Um, We didn't refer to each other as half siblings. And most people probably didn't even know that we were half siblings. We might have made, you know, the off-color joke about it, like, oh, well, you're only my half-brother, so leave me alone when we were (laughs) kids, but we never really felt like it. So it didn't really change how we related to one another, but we it did then change. Obviously, now I had these siblings who I was like, oh my goodness, I've found your half-siblings too. And so it was kind of nice because I could share the journey with him even though he's not necessarily interested in in being a part of the sibling group that gets together he still you know will hear updates and is interested in hearing about how these meetups went so um it's nice that I can share that with him oh so that's interesting so he is still kind of of the same opinion where he he's good with the family and friends and relationships that he has and isn't as active with the siblings as you are Correct. And I think part of me, it was like kind of hard at first because I'm I'm with my siblings and I'm like, oh, my brother Logan. And sometimes I have to take a step back because I'm like, well, shoot, he is their brother as well. So I try to be careful, not that any of them really care, but I try to be careful with the language that I use and say, oh, Logan or our brother Logan. He's still fine. He's pretty indifferent 
Um, I'm actually getting married and my siblings that I have met are coming to the wedding. So he will get to meet them there. And again, I asked, you know, how do you feel about that? And he was like, of course, I, you know, would love to meet them. I'm just not going to fly across the country like you do to go meet them. So you touched on this a little bit earlier, but that you think that there are some strides that need to be made within the fertility donor conception industry. What are some of the things that you think would improve the state of things? I think number one, the biggest change that I have seen being made and hopefully will continue is just the encouragement from professionals in the industry, educating parents that are using a donor to be honest with their kids. And I think, so, you know, my mom was a single mom by choice. She didn't really have an option to not be honest. Now she probably could have left out some details, but I would have noticed obviously where is the man or where is the second parent in this household? Because all my friends have two parents. Where is mine? So, I mean, she didn't necessarily have a choice, but I think other siblings whose parents didn't tell them, that's what they were told. They were told that they didn't need to tell their kids, that they had never find out. And and part of me is like, okay, you, you still should have told your kids. But at the same time, I can empathize a little bit with professionals in the industry telling them to not tell their kids. So I ha- am happy that now with all the research that is out there, parents know, or at least they should know that honesty and telling from the beginning is the best way to go about it. And I'm glad that industry professionals are educating parents on that as well. What do you hope for in the future with your siblings, donor, family, as you move forward in life? I think my relationship with my donor and my siblings is going to be a lot similar to the relationships, the other relationships in my life. I have friends that I've known my entire life. I have a few friends that I've, you know, met in the last decade or so that our relationship is ever growing and ever expanding. I think some of my sibling relationships inevitably will be closer than others. I think that just necessarily happens. And I I do see, you know, some of my siblings being aunts and uncles to my kids. Um, and again, I think certain relationships may expand more than others just based, based on nature and how many times you see each other and who you're closer with. But I am excited for the relationships to grow. It's fun for me too. You know, yes, we spent 20 years of our lives not knowing each other, but we have the rest of our lives to live. That's really exciting that, you know, we can make up for lost time and have that time together. And my donor, I do plan on staying in contact with him. We message back and forth every so often. He's not necessarily in my day-to-day life, but I would like to keep that relationship going. And again, more like a friend, not as a parent, but you know, he is a friend. He's a part of me. And when I have kids one day, I would like them to meet him as well and, and have him be in their lives. So I'm excited. I'm excited to expand these relationships and see where they go. That's just really Really cool. I feel like I keep saying that's incredible. That's awesome. But it is. It's it's really nice to hear this perspective. So you've written a book and it is about your journey. I know we touched on a lot of it here, but I'm imagining that your book goes a lot more into your experience. So can you talk a little bit about your book? 
Absolutely. So my book is called Chosen Family, subtitle A Donor-Conceived Woman's Journey to Redefining Family. And it's really, so it is a memoir. It is about my journey being raised by a single mom by choice and my journey um, that I went on to find my siblings and my donor and kind of goes into a lot of the things that I talked about today. But it's also a challenge against societal views on what the traditional family is going on this journey, I already had a sense that, you know, my family, even though society may have thought that it was non-traditional, I thought it was perfectly normal and a great family to have, just as a bunch of my siblings think about their own families. So after this journey, that was proven even a little bit further. And I wanted to share with the world that, you know, family depends not on the shared DNA that we have, but on love and intentionality. And I really wanted to give readers the permission to define family through a broader lens. So, and I did that by writing a book called Chosen Family, and it is available. You can get on Amazon. I'm sure we can link that and yeah, my website. Absolutely. In the we'll show put that notes. in the show notes. Wonderful. But yeah, I really felt called to share my story so others maybe can relate. And then also so people who don't relate and haven't had this experience can understand a little bit more what other families look like. Yeah, that well, congratulations on your book. Thank you. I imagine there's probably not a ton in the donor conceived space. So it's really cool that you're bringing some representation there. And also, you know, a younger voice. I think we're going to see more and more donor conceived people coming forward with their unique experiences. And your perspective on everything just seems so healthy, you know, because it's always been a part of your life. And I think it's really interesting to see how it can be that way. Absolutely. And, and I do touch on to some of my siblings experiences, you know, finding out later in life. And, and I do know a lot of the voices out there in the donor conceived space are that of those who found out at a later age. And my heart honestly goes out to those individuals. And that wasn't my experience I do have a positive donor conceived experience. I do love the journey that I've been on, but I know that that's not the same for everyone out there. So my hope is that, you know, I can share a little bit of my story and help others, even those with young children that are donor conceived or non-biologically related to a parent, any tips and tricks that might help them, or just again, how the love and intentionality and honesty can help your kids kind of process this information. Well, on that note, and I know people can pick up your book and get more tips and tricks, but what is some advice that you have for recipient parents who are maybe unsure about disclosing their donor conception journey to their child? So I I know that can be a scary journey and a lot of questions, more questions than answers, I'm sure. One thing that my mom always talks about is how she started when my brother and then myself, but mostly my brother, was still in her womb. She would just practice sharing their story when no one else was in the room and just her baby in her womb, you know. And she would say, Mommy wanted a baby. So mommy went to the doctor and the doctor helped me have you and I love you so much. And then, and she weaved, obviously, the donor into the conversation, you know, you have, there was a donor that helped me conceive you. And when we were old enough to understand biology, she would under, like, explain the sperm donor and the egg and everything. So 
kids are resilient and they understand way more than we think that they do. So my first piece of advice is just to share early, practice in the mirror. And the more that you share, just the more comfortable it's going to get. My mom would go in every year and tell our teachers just so they could handle any situations that arose, you know, on if you're celebrating your parents or writing a card to your quote unquote father, how they could handle that. And the more that she talked about it, the more normal it became. And she didn't really accept any room for anyone to say that it wasn't normal, which I think helped shape mine and my brother's look on our lives. That's great advice. What advice would you have for any DCPs who might be embarking on a quest to connect with siblings? Honestly, the quest for siblings has its ups and downs. I know, you know, there's been other siblings who I have connected with who have not necessarily wanted to maintain a relationship. Some of them just say like, okay, nice to meet you. I'll reach out if I, if I, I'll reach out in the future if I want to chat further. And I know that can be hard. It can be hard to have that rejection and not know if, you know, a sibling is going to accept you as a sibling, if they're going to accept you as, you know, this person that they're just biologically related to, or if you're going to have a relationship, or again, if you're not going to have any relationship at all. I would really lean on your chosen family. So the reason why I titled my book Chosen Family is because it doesn't just encompass my donor siblings and the family that I have gained on this journey. It also encompasses the people that have been there for me since day one. We have a good chunk of family friends that have really been, you know, a second mother and a father to me. And I very heavily leaned on all of them during this journey. You know, when I was crying, when I found out that my sister didn't know she was biological or donor conceived, I called my friend and was crying to her on the phone and she was there to console me. So really lean on the people that you love. And it, again, you you have the possibility to define who is your family and who is your chosen family. And if that is your donor siblings, great. I wish you the best of luck in those relationships because they can be so, so exciting. And if it's not, if you're maybe either not as interested or you don't find those siblings out there, you definitely have people in your life that I'm sure are is just as meaningful of relationships as that of the siblings that you hope to find. More great advice. Thank you so much. Of course. Kiara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Remind everyone where they can find more information about the book, and I'll be sure to include it in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me, Alexis. Um, Everyone can find my book on Amazon by searching Chosen Family or also on my website, kiarareshu.com. My Instagram handle is also kiarareshu. I have a lot of videos and tips and tricks and other resources on there as well for everyone to take a look at. Well, thanks again. And congratulations on the upcoming wedding. Thank you. Thanks again to Kiara for sharing her story. Her book, Chosen Family, is available now and is linked in the show notes. I also want to thank everyone else who shared their DNA surprise story this season. Ashley, Devin, Haley, Bianca, Debbie, Charday, Kim, Bonnie, Karen, Guy, and Stacy. Your bravery and vulnerability helps others feel less alone. And finally, thank you to everyone who has taken the time to listen to an episode or send me a note. 
This podcast is truly a labor of love, and I appreciate every one of you. I know this time of year can be challenging for some in our community, but I hope you all have a peaceful holiday season. Stay in touch over on Instagram at DNA Surprises or DNA Surprise Retreat. If you have a DNA Surprise story you'd like to share, send me an email at dnasurprises at gmail.com. We'll be back with more DNA Surprise stories in January. Until next time.